You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. Welcome this morning to the teaching section of this service. And we'll go straight into a time of confession. And then we get into the word of God. One to go. As I said to listen to the word of God today. A door of utterance has been opened unto me, and I hear the voice of God clearly speaking to me. This is the way to go, work ye in it. I listen under the influence of the Spirit of God, and I am not distracted by anything or anyone. The Word of God is food to my spirit. I am strengthened by it this morning. It is wine to my heart, creating joy within me. It is oil to my feet. Causing my life to shine, giving me victory in everything that I do. As my eyes make contact with the scriptures used in this message, the Spirit of God opens new things to me. He also brings to my remembrance things Jesus once showed me. I come to understand God's system on the earth, and I receive instruction, encouragement, correction, and the enablement to live out God's will. Amen and amen. All right, this morning I want to uh, get into another segment of our faith work so that we understand every single step appropriately. We have said in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And we have said that this hope is born on the inside. It is not referring to personal desires nor aspirations. They are expectations that you have based on God's promise to you. They are seeds of, of personal covenant, so to speak, that God makes with you that if you fulfill these conditions, these are the experiences you are going to have in your life. Let me repeat that. In other words, he makes a promise to you and tells you what that means is that I am committed to bringing these things to pass in your life, provided you do or you leave this way, or you keep these commandments, then you create room for me to be able to fulfill all these things. In the Word of God, we have exceeding great and precious promises. Saints that want to grow on the inside of us and bring us into experiences of God's own life upon the earth. And so I want to look at this, all right, this manning, all right. All right, so we start from Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. I spoke about this, all right. Midweek service here, Acts 3 and verse 1. It says, now Peter and John, I want to bring out a concept here, went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid at the gate, 
laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. And his purpose there was to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Now, when you read scriptures like this or things that happen in the Gospels where people interacted with Jesus, right? When you study, the way you study scriptures is, you want to find out the principles that are play in this. And they can get very deep as to you even looking at the word beautiful, what it means. And when it says it was laid at a gate called beautiful, when you check in the, in the Greek there what that word beautiful, it opens up certain things to you that can describe to you as a person things that you are even experiencing within your life. So you can sit down with just these five verses for all right, a whole week or two weeks. And what you're doing is absorbing the life that is contained within them. So here we have this uh, man who was carried every day to the temple to beg alms of them. Well, look at it. That entered into the temple. Now, he never entered into the temple. He was always at the gates, the entrance. And he came there to beg alms of the ones and described who they were, the ones that entered into the temple. Now, when Peter and John came out or were going in, or they used to go in and come out maybe three, four times a day, all right, he asked alms of them. And then they said, silver and gold have, they said, fasten the eyes on him, look on us. And then they gave heed unto him, expecting to receive something of them. And he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, gave I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and work. In other words, they said, we want to give you something. You've asked for silver and gold that you get in the marketplace. But we want to give you something that you can only receive when you enter into the temple. Had you known of these, you also would have entered, so to speak, into the temple with us. And you would have received this substance also on the inner side of you. So in the New Testament, I want to say this. This complex of being inferior has been broken through the blood of Jesus. Every single person now has access. And if you don't make use of that access, then you'll be on the outside begging arms, asking for prayers, asking for things for those who enter into the temple and receive the, thi what, uh, the thing that only within the temple can you get it. So you have a lot of Christians and have been Christians for a long time and are still running around trying to receive from somebody, trying to say, well, let this man of God pray for me, let that person, all right, pray for me, and they're trying to receive, and they don't understand. And this because we are not now in this system of the New Testament, the way Moses will go up alone and everybody stays down, and then Moses comes down and then begins. God has now given access to everybody. As a leader, your responsibility is 
So teach the people the principles through which they will maximize and benefit from the access that they now have. Now, if you do that and people are practicing that, then you will have less demands on another side, all right, of ministry that can actually drain you because virtue and power begins to leave you and you can get drained. So it's important that we teach people. When Jesus came, he came with that mentality of access. And when he caused the fig tree, they asked him, they said, listen, how is that? I mean, Jesus could have said several things. He could have gotten up and said, well, you know, this fig tree is because I'm an anointed man of God, the son of God, an apostle. And he said, listen, whosoever can do this, whosoever shall say, means anybody, can say to a mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And once he doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he's saying shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. So whosoever can have whatsoever through this particular principle. So the door has been opened up. And it is not for you to look at your own self as somebody who just comes trying, all right, to get crumbs from the table. You also now have access through the blood of Jesus. I want to show this. And you can go in. And had that man, all right, had that man gone in, so to speak now figuratively, he would also have received directly from God, what Peter and John passed on to him when his, they said unto him, such as we have give unto thee. Now, what did they have that they were given? Galatians chapter 3, I believe it's verse 5 or 3. It says, he that ministereth the spirit and worketh miracles among you. Doeth he eat by the works of the law or the hearing of faith? So it tells us how miracles are worked. That a person who will work miracles will minister the spirit. And by ministering the spirit there, the miracles now begin to happen. So in the book of Zechariah, it says, it is not by power, nor is it by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And then it goes on, pull up scripture and says, who is this mountain? It says, the word of Jehovah, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now, how do you do that? Jesus said, it is the flesh profiteth nothing. It is the spirit that quickens. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So you administer, that's what we're saying last week, our prophetic utterance says, you administer the spirit through words. That's the, that's the reverse of living water flowing out of your belly. And as you begin to administer the spirit and administer the spirit through words into a situation, it's like you are pouring water on a dry ground. After some time, the signs of life will begin to come if you do not stop. So it says, he that ministers the spirit and works miracles among you. And that's what we see. In the book of, is it Acts and, or Joel chapter 2, it talks about the fact that I will pour out of my spirit upon your servants and upon your handmaidens. And then it goes out and says, and they shall, no, the next one, verse 29, it says, upon thy hand, servants, upon thy handmaids, will I pour out my spirit. 
and I will show wonders. Now, if you go to the Acts chapter 2, when he said the same scripture, or I put it up, he says, I will pour out upon thy handmaids, it shall come to pass. I will pour the spirit upon your sons and daughters. In the next verse, he says, I will pour upon your servants and handmaidens. Will I pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall do what? Prophesy. So the spirit is poured forth, and then you now speak forth. And when you are speaking forth, you are releasing spiritual substance. So it's not just we're repeating something. We're actually releasing spiritual substance into the atmosphere. We are releasing virtue and power with our words into the atmosphere. And that's what prophetic utterances are all about. So you see people that prophesy to people, what they are doing is releasing, administering the spirit and in order for miracles, all right, to happen in the lives of those people. That's why people prophesy upon people. All right. So when they went in, they went in and that's the, what they got. They got in on the inside and outpouring of the spirit. And then they will come out and then they will administer that. And then they will go back in and get more of that. And then they will come out again and administer that by declarations. Do you reside in the beautiful city of Abuja? Have you always wanted very practical faith teachings and insights for living? Have you always wanted to listen to Pastor Boju Oyemade teach live? If you answered yes to the questions above, you are in good company. Come and listen to Pastor Boju Oyemade Sundays at 9 a.m. and every Thursday at 6 p.m. at the Ladi Kwali Conference Center, Sheraton Abuja Hotel. The Covenant Nation is now in your city. If you didn't know, now you know. So I want to look at something here about this. So he said, well, this temple is quote-unquote figurative because it's not talking about, when I say figurative now, it's not talking about, that was a physical temple, but it's not talking about a geographical location, but it's talking about a spiritual experience that you have. When you in your consciousness ascend into the very presence of God. And there there is an encounter that you have with God. Wherein Jesus Christ pours into your spirit. Let's go back. I forgot to finish the quotation on Zechariah. When it says, not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit. And then the next verse says, all right, who art thou, O mountain? Zechariah there, not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit. All right, the word came to Zerubbabel. All right, pull it back up there. All right, not by might, nor by power, but my spirit, saith the Lord. Now, next verse, verse 7. It says, who art thou, O great mountain? So this mountain is going to move not by power, nor by might, but by the spirit. Before Zerubbabel, it shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouting, crying, grace, grace unto it. That grace, there is a, an administration of the Spirit of God right in unto it. And that's why we go up to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace, all right, to help us. And this is the Spirit of God who is our helper. That's why Paul said, I know this shall turn to my salvation through your prayers and an outpouring of the Spirit of Jesus. 
all right? And then it says, according to my expectation, all right, Philippians 1, 19, it says, for I know they shall turn to my salvation. Now, it's with your mouth confession is made on salvation. Now, it says, I will turn this thing into salvation. How? It says, through your prayer, go back, I'm still reading that, verse 19, and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus. Now, hear the confession, next verse, according to my earnest expectation and my hope. In other words, God gave me hope. He gave me an expectation according to that, that in nothing, and this is what he told me, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. In other words, God has given me a promise that I make use of every day of my life. He gave me this promise three and a half years ago, and he told me that in nothing shall I be ashamed. But that with all boldness, he now said this, all right, as always now, Christ shall be magnified in my body. So Christ is going to be magnified in this. That's what he was saying. But he declared it. He announced it. All right, that's fine. You can take the scripture off. He declared it. All right, he announced it. He prophesied. He declared that. But he said there'll be a supply. So that's what they're going in, all right, to go and get. And if the man went in, he will have gotten it. Now, Jonah chapter 2. And verse 7, we see this temple experience. Just to show us, 2 7, just to show us that this temple experience is not something physical. It says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. My prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. Now, he was in a belly of a fish, while he said, I entered into the holy temple. He said, I went into, so I'm saying it's a spiritual experience. All right, you go into the temple, there. That's what you have got to do. Something is going on, you go into the temple. You go into the holiest of all. All right? And how do you enter into the holy, um, into go past the gates? Psalm 100 verse 4, all right, says, I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So I'm sure this man had, was like, look at the condition of my life. There's nothing that I can give thanks for. There is no future apart from this daily routine. And the daily routine will continue. And there will be stagnation if you don't start thanking God and enter in through the gates and begin to thank God about the glorious future that he has shown you. And you enter into his courts with praise. All right, you enter into the gates. Don't let men keep you in a condition that is what happens is, well, they are helping you. But this, you are now conditioned to be a victim, conditioned to be a beggar, conditioned, all right, to, to, to not be able to get things done by yourself. How do you break out of that? Go into the temple there with thanksgiving and start thanking him. It tells us in the book of Hebrews, we have no continuing city here, but we seek one to come. Therefore, because we are seeking one to come, let us go forth unto him, all right, offering up by him the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips giving. For we have no continuing, all right, you, you want to get out of the routine. 
Now, go verse 14 there. It says, you want to get out of that routine and get into one that is to come. He said, let us move. The movement starts, verse 15. You start the motion, all right? The Bible says, by offering the sacrifice of praise. He says, you will not go out in haste out of Babylon. No, he says, but... You will go out with joy. When you start rejoicing about the future and thanking him for the future, the movement now starts towards the place you are thanking God for. So Jonah did that. Jonah chapter 2, 7. He says, I will go into your temple here, all right, and my prayer here into thy temple. Now he says, what will stop it? Verse 8. He says, they that observe lying vanities shall forsake their own mercy. All right, so we get into what I want to say this morning for 20 minutes. All right, so how do you now move in? We'll say this here. God, first of all, gives you a promise. Hebrews chapter 6, 18 and 19, you sit down with the word of God, and God opens up, and it says, by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge, so lay hold on that hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor to the soul, both sure and steadfast, and we enter into the veil, all right, with it. The same thing it says in Hebrews 7, 19. It says that the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did the promise by which we draw nigh unto God. So I saw something in the spirit now that I would just share. They brought him daily outside the temple to beg. If you will daily go into that temple with thanksgiving and with sacrifice of praise, after some time, you will not need any human support where you are walking on crutches, when I mean human support, your relationship in your life will be one where you contribute and they also contribute something to you. Where Paul said, when they saw the grace that was given unto me, they gave me the right hand of fellowship. So he entered into this secret place and received it. And what God does first is that he, we've said this, gives you that promise. And we don't have time to see how, all right, we, we've already talked about that, how you get it. And then with that promise every day, as they went in daily on the ninth hour, Sixth hour, you see, it is growth. Third hour, they had watches. And they will go in every day into that temple and enter into the gates with thanksgiving. You see Daniel going three times a day into the temple. But he will kneel down ways and open the windows and enter into that spiritual experience in his consciousness. In other words, enter. Rejoicing means enjoying the feeling of being in possession of it. He will lay hold on that hope, all right, while he's there thanking God and worshiping God. He will go in and lay hold on that hope while he's there. So he says, by which we come. All right, nigh unto God in Hebrews 7, 19. Right? It says, but the bringing in of a better hope deed, by which we draw nigh unto God. 
Now, what I want to share is what do you do, all right, to have an effective and powerful encounter with God when you enter in. And this will determine how the depth of the experience that you have with God when you participate in any spiritual thing. So if you enter into the place of prayer, there can be a solid transference. Or you can enter into the place of prayer and nothing really happens. All right? Now, if you observe lying vanities, you forsake mercy. And if you forsake mercy, you don't obtain mercy. And once you don't obtain mercy, you can't find grace to help. So anybody who has high regard for the condition of their lives and what has been happening repeatedly and they're allowing that to affect them such that they no longer are thanking God and have lost hope about the future, they're no longer praising him, they're allowing, they're weighed down by those things on the outside, won't obtain mercy. And if they don't have that, when they go to pray, they won't find that grace. All right? So in order to come in effectively, what do you do? Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 3. Remember what we are saying is here. We talked about this, right? We'll go back to next week, prophesy. But once see how to receive this supply. Uh, because you are going in, all right, to receive something. And, and what God is pouring into you is the very substance that is in him that makes him God. This podcast is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.